So our next paper is also very important in the context of this building, for slightly different reasons, um, is given by Illico Salti, who I think is an embodiment of practice of as research, um, has, has been for as long as I've known her, definitely. Ildi is an actor, director, um, teacher and researcher. She holds a PhD from Middlesex University and her research is very much related to performance practice um, in buildings such as the one beyond the, the threshold of that door. And she will be talking about crossing the line um, for like 3D space as a means of provoking the audience into action in measure for measure. So I'm looking forward to that. Hello. Um, I'll just get my notes and scribbles. Measures um, are now uh, uh, we're used to the term um, problem play, and um, I would like to um, think with you about a couple of the reasons why uh, that could be uh, an appropriate description of the play, and um, about the distinct discomfort that that term seems to. Uh, encapsulate. Um, funnily enough, uh, although proverbially almost our uh, measure for measure is, a, is called a problem play, um, productions that uh, I've seen and uh, productions that came up recently um, somehow didn't quite leave me with that discomfort that I desired from this play. Uh, there has been um, a performance of uh, very famous uh, performance by Chick by Jao recently that set the uh, play in uh, Russia, contemporary Russia, and it won uh, numerous awards, in, even in Russia, uh, for its treatment of the play. Uh, very strong visually and uh, uh, encapsulating many of the basic forces that go on in Russian society today. Um, so strong performance, but still I somehow felt um, untouched or uninvolved in a way. It's very strong on some levels and, and somehow I still felt distanced on the other. And then uh, I saw Measure for Measure at the Globe as well, uh, not so long ago. Uh, there I felt somehow more involved in the play. You know, I saw my fellow audience and then the actors were somehow uh, speaking to me often. But then again I felt some, some sort of detachment there because um, um, the play was in contemporary, uh, not contemporary costume, but um, historical, uh, historically, um, supposed to be historically accurate costume, and somehow um, seemed to almost uh, uh, be a caricature of itself sometimes, the action. So there as well, although I was involved on uh, some levels, I was distanced in, uh, in other ways. And I think that what, uh, what I would like to uh, talk with you about today is, is touching on that difference. Uh, that in one production, I was distanced in space, uh, sitting in a proscenium theatre and being in the dark, uh, detached from the action. 
And in another theatre, I was involved because I could see all of my fellow audience and the actors. But I was this distance from the action in time. So um, as an audience to measure, uh, measure for measure, I would like to be somehow completely involved and feel addressed on a personal level and wrenched in the gut somehow. Uh, so that's what we're after. And I would like to see what possibly the um, configuration of the space might have to do uh, with this um, problem. Um, uh, yes, this is one of my associations. Um, uh, it's Mick Jagger there with um, a famous, famous song that we might get to um, at the end if we have time um, involving the devil and sympathy that, uh, with them. So uh, just to give us, uh, I'm not going to talk about this particular production. The, the following pictures are just illustrations of the point that I made just now. So uh, contrasting um, full light spaces and proscenium spaces. And for our purposes, uh, we will think of um, studio spaces or uh, as derivations of or versions of proscenium spaces in the sense that the audience is meant to be detached from the action and in the dark. So uh, this is a, a production of uh, Measure for Measure uh, uh, in America as it happens and it's a nice proscenium production. You see how uh, Isabella is um, central to the action and then um, you can pretty well identify the characters. There's a person um, in authority identified by sitting at the table, uh, Angelo, and um, uh, I'm not entirely sure. It was probably Provost is in the dark uh, costume, a black Provost, and <laughs> and a Lucia uh, on uh, in the in red. And I drew in the lines for us, just basic lines uh, that define this this type of space, um, a proscenium frame. So even if the proscenium frame in its elaborate version is not there, it's understood that the picture is in a, in a frame. So that very frame is somehow making a differentiation between the world on stage and my world away from it in the audience. And I drew in the, uh, just the line of, uh, outline of the um, stage that, uh, so that we can see it more clearly. And this would be uh, my diagram, uh, some of you may have seen it before, but I'm using it in different ways today, uh, of that relationship between the stage world, which is uh, differentiated by a different colour and by light, and the audience level. So the effect in this type of space is not better, not worse, but it's a different one from another one uh, that the play was originally composed for. And it's not just with Shakespeare's plays, it, with any other play from any other period, it's really worth, I think, to slot it back before you start doing it as a you know, production and do uh, different takes on it. It's worth slotting it back into its original conditions of production um, because it might tell us uh, things about the mechanism of the play that we wouldn't know otherwise. Um, so this is the, the uh, Swan drawing. Obviously, I um, drew in the outline of the stage, just like with the proscenium, just so we identify it better. And this is one of Walter Hodges' di uh, Hodges diagrams of the globe, so um, well, of the stage and the relationship to the tiring house. Um, the interesting thing is that uh, Hodges already tried to plot uh, patterns of uh, movement on that stage, and this is something uh, that we'll be looking at.
Now, I'm stuck. Oh, what happened? I'm trying to move on. Just one moment. Okay. So, um, okay, I don't know why it's not moving on. We'll see. Uh, let me just show it to you this way. So, please just focus on, the, on that slide there. Um, although it's too small, this way. Let's see. So, uh, in this diagram, although it's a bit tiny in this version, uh, so I apologize, um, these are uh, basic diagrams of uh, uh, work, uh, the structuring of a play and of, of space. So, um, what we're doing in this uh, uh, way of approaching the play is talking about the um, <coughs> relationship of the text and space in some way and how they uh, are not uh, not just expressions of one another, but they are structured onto each other in in important ways. But also, uh, as you see in Franz Hodges's uh, diagram, which is on the left, uh, the the play the structuring of the play works on a basis of given circumstances, like where we are, who we are, and and so forth. The uh, within the uh, triangle at the bottom, you see dramatic action. So that is based, sitting on the base of, of the given circumstances. Dramatic action gives rise to character, uh, so that's important. It's not character that creates dramatic action, it's dramatic action that creates character. And uh, dialogue, or, or what we uh, term as text somehow, is an outside covering of it. Yeah? And the whole is hopefully brought to an idea by the end. So it's important to uh, position ourselves uh, in relation to text and what it is. It's not so much the basis of what everything else is built on in uh, drama performance, but rather uh, a derived version of it, or a derived level of it, the, uh, the outside facade that is based on dramatic action and not the other way around. And then Richard Schechner, who's a, a theoretician of, uh, of theatre, um, conceived uh, uh, the same idea in a different way in interlocking brackets and uh, of theatre performance and the outside bracket that is defining everything else, all the other choices, is the particular choice of space. Okay? And then all the other choices that you make as a playwright, as a, an actor or a director, takes place within that uh, original uh, choice. So space is bracketing action, is bracketing character, is bracketing text. Okay? So just uh, uh, jumping back to uh, uh, visualization by Hodges of um, the stage, and um, right. And in this diagram, I, I try to um, just to remind ourselves, drawing the uh, outline, a wireframe of the globe around Hodges's uh, stage and firing house, that we are in uh, complete light. So complete 3D space, horizontally and vertically all the time, and we always already see everything, that's the little sunshine for you to show that, 
And the, uh, the consequence of that is what I'm trying to visualize with the red uh, line and the green line, that there is always, always an interrelationship between the visible environment, meaning your audience, yeah? uh, and the audience uh, is seeing each other. So there's a back and forth relationship non-stop. And my basic question is, how do we as an audience figure in this uh, play or in the scene that um, I'm looking at, and that's um, uh, the big scene of um, Isabella's uh, uh, pleading with Angelo for, his, uh, for her brother's life, and uh, when Angelo is trapped into um, uh, desiring her. So um, I did, divided the scene up into several little sections, and we will not be looking exactly at the, at the text, or text in detail, but rather the, um, the um, chunks of action on stage and see how uh, the uh, space might be uh, influencing that. Right, so um, the scene, scene starts with a sort of little um, prologue type of action. Uh, Provost enters with a servant and saying, okay, I'll get Angelo in a moment. And um, then he's left alone for a, for a short uh, four or five line speech in which he confides uh, to us that he's going to plead for uh, uh, Claudia's uh, life as well, or is, is uh, hoping that uh, um, Isabella will be uh, successful in doing that. So already the scene starts with something of a, of a fiction. Provost is, uh, by definition, the... Um, uh, uh, well, his, he represents law, basically. Okay, and here he comes and confides in us that he's, he would like the law not to prevail in this particular instance. So that sets the key of the of the scene, and and uh, this I, I I would argue this is an important key underlying the like in a musical composition the whole of the play this. Uh, something happens and we are, we, we are meant to be in two minds about it. So it's not only privileged, but also ourselves. It's like, so how are we meant to relate to this? You know, because he tells us, I would not like to do this. How, what do we think about it? Um, it's really important that um, the context that it, this happens in is a visible one, uh, which means that the actor is meant to work through eye contact in the house. So it's not just a general question. You know, our general confidence, I'm talking to myself. No, no, I'm talking to you. you know, I don't want the law to prevail. Um, it's, uh, it might be um, interesting at this point just to quickly think about the, um, the names of characters in this play, but also in the scene, uh, because uh, the names themselves are speaking names often, and um, uh, they might uh, hold such contradictions as well. So that was provost. There's also um, Angela, and that's a famous example, isn't it? I mean, it's a contradiction in himself. The name and the person, uh, and what he uh, is or what he becomes. But also Isabella. With Isabella, it's not quite so obvious, maybe. Um, uh, and for that, you need to think of Shakespeare's time and, and performance at that time. Uh, Commedia dell'arte was very uh, much in vogue, and, and uh, Commedia players um, were world famous. They travelled a lot, and they came to England as well. One of the really, really famous Commedia actresses, she was 
a star, world star, uh, in her day was Isabella Andreini. So it's not uh, necessary that all of the audience or, or many of the audience would know about this, but it might be a clue to uh, the character having more uh, of a punch in her in many, many ways uh, than a, a young nun would suggest. And there's also Lucio, who's also been uh, written about a lot, uh, Light and also Lucifer. So uh, even the names indicate uh, contradictions, uh, I think. Also, one, one uh, oh, I'll come to that later, just one second. So what I'm trying to do is uh, experimenting with uh, putting in basic lines of action. I don't mean that the actors would necessarily have to do this, but these are, we're trying to identify tendencies of, of movement that come from uh, the situation and, and the space. So I was trying that um, uh, little moment in a, in a proscenium setting as well and see um, how that would contrast to a full light setting. Um, in the globe type setting, there's already a pressure, even on the servant and provost little dialogue, because they're talking about Angelo who's, uh, and his imminent entrance. So it, he's almost like looming behind that uh, door in the background. Here in the proscenium, we don't quite know because you have an entrance possibly from any um, direction onto the stage. So that uh, pressure is slightly diffused uh, in comparison to three visible doors that you know that this really important character is going to enter from when you can uh, see those doors, actually. So here you can enter from a, a covering from the side at any point. Um, then Angelo enters and is waiting for, uh, he's told that Isabella is, uh, is coming. Uh, and I'm jumping uh, many lines here. And Provost says, okay, I'm, I'm off then. And um, as Isabella and the other, and um, uh, Lucio enters, uh, and just says, no, 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 stay. Okay? So uh, an important pattern that uh, also starts being built into the scene is interrupted movement. Okay? And that would be as somebody is trying to make a move and somebody else tells them, no, stop it. This is one of the uh, stock ways of, um, in, in drama and performance of building tension. Okay? And so it's disruptive. So again, we have a jarring. Okay? So the jarring happens on many, many levels. It happens uh, later on morally, it happens emotionally, it happens uh, generically, it happens even in, in movement. So previously is being stopped and it's called back. Um, again, I think the, um, the fact that in daylight you see that there's a door for me to go out of. Okay? I'm previous, I'm leaving, bye, <laughs> stop. Here, again, that's a little bit more diffuse my direction of move. I can go any, anywhere. It's uh, not quite so distinct that I'm being stopped in, in uh, the act of exiting. And then the second question for me as previous is where do I go if I stay? Right? Uh, do I stay in the background? Do I come in the foreground? Or, or um, uh, what, what are my choices? Um, as it happens in the globe uh, or in full life spaces, um, uh, most of the theatres, many of the theatres, had um, um, pillars as well to hold up the, the covering for the stage. And you see them drawn in, left and right. Uh, this one, and 
there. And um, what's really, uh, many people uh, found the pillars uh, difficulty, but actually a number of people found it very handy as well because you can position yourself, you can hide behind it, you can come around it, you can use them in many, many ways. And one of the uh, interesting ways that um, John Steyer suggested earlier that you can use them in is um, it, it can almost uh, cut you away from the action if you want it and then you can, you can have a closer relationship to the audience uh, from the corners of the stage and then uh, when you want to you can come around and enter the, the action itself more immediately. So um, uh, as it happens for both Provost and Lucio, the two pillars are really, really convenient places to uh, position themselves by in, in some way and have this ambiguous uh, relationship with both the action and the audience. So, um, this is Angelo in the middle, Isabella, uh, and Isabella starts making her case. Um, note, if you can, the, um, but the characters are very tiny, the stick figures. Angelo is probably wearing black or something dark, which is again a, an interesting contradiction with his name. Isabella probably white or something lighter. If that's the case, then the uh, exaggerating it, black and white is again an interesting contrast. Okay? Um, in quite a lot of productions, that stays like that, black and white. But in, um, originally, the, it's quite likely much more complex, that relationship. The characters themselves, but their relationship as well. So Angelo acts the way that he does, but then he gets into such a, a tight situation and is torn inside that you have some sort of a sympathy, not quite, a little bit maybe, so it's black, but who knows. And Isabella is white, you know, what can be more white than a young man, um, but mm, sometimes she comes out with lines out of the blue that you just uh, squirm a little bit, so there's more, um, our chastity is uh, more valuable than our brother and things like that. So um, she starts making her case. And then she doesn't seem to succeed. She says, okay, I have enough of it, I'm going. And then Lucio interrupts and says, no, 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 you can't do this, you have to come back. Again, interrupted movement comes up uh, in relation to the main characters now. Um, the blue lines that I drew in uh, are trying to represent the ways that position of uh, uh, Lucio and uh, Provost may be drawing... Uh, polarizing the audience in some way, okay? So if, I, if you are Lucio standing on this corner uh, and relating outside, this is your team in the audience. You rally down right on your side. If you're provost, same the other way. It's not so rigid, so you're moving it all the time, but still they're your team. And so you're splitting the audience uh, uh, whenever you uh, get into action, and that will have um, interesting consequences. Uh, because um, of this uh, effect, um, progressively, uh, Angelo is getting into the middle of that splitting of the audience. As the audience, when you, uh, your basic relationship to um, Angelo, the way you feel about him, is probably you would not like him to succeed, possibly. So what I'm suggesting is that by that positioning, he gets into a, a pickle somehow, that reminds us, or me at least, of, of our favourite entertainment on the backside at that time, which is bear baiting. Many of, well, not many, 
quite a few of the theatres at that time were convertible. So it's not that different institution that we're talking about. People were really well aware when they were in the theatre that this is um, a potentially culturally has strong connotations, or maybe it is a double feature house which has bear beating in the morning and playing in the afternoon. Uh, important to remember that bear baiting um, was uh, a dangerous sport. Uh, you can see uh, one of them trying to eat some of the spectators, if you're not careful. So it was a blood sport, and it was also, it had another thrill, that you were betting on it. Yeah? Uh, any more blood, blood sports still go on in some quarters today, um, but you know, uh, what's, what's, so there's a, a double thrill involved in, in, in all of this. Um, violence and, and money. Uh, this is just, uh, just to give you a sensation of what I associated Angelo might be getting into. Okay? There's somebody with really strong focus on them okay, in a scene with all the pressure of the visible audience behind. This is something that we lose when we uh, look at performance images from a proscenium theatre. So obviously this is basketball, but that was the, um, a really good image of pressure for, on a performer and on a, in a cultural situation as well, with this pressure um, on him. And this is Walter Hodges again, uh, visualising that mass of audience around you and the, the um, single character. And this is... Um, uh, ah, don't um, uh, from the 18th century, a uh, 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 visualization of uh, a not so flattering um, uh, view of the audience. So um, our relationship to the to the main action is is uh, uh, really important. What do we feel like about them? On the proscenium, uh, it's not quite so straightforward. Uh, so there's definitely a, a, it's more like a division between um, Angelo and Isabella, rather than the, uh, uh, the audience rallying them and the um, uh, isolated, progressively isolated um, role of the uh, central uh, Angelo character. Okay, so in the second half of the scene, um, uh, Lucia uh, uh, getting Isabella back all the time, Isabella becomes more um, active in the uh, scene, and um, she starts using images much more. She's talking about the giant and uh, pity, and uh, she's talking in images that make her move in um, a much more active um, uh, way. Um, what I tried in uh, to move, uh, show in this in this um, diagram is that. Um, because uh, Provost and Lucia can be in either corner, up, upstage or downstage, it's not so uh, pronounced what the effect on the scene is than in uh, visible spaces. So, um, yeah, this is where I'm getting into the, uh, the, the red lines. I tried to show the uh, more active bodily involvement of, of Isabella on, um, uh, in the scene and uh, the, the effect of that on Angelo, uh, uh, when he first uh, uh, reacts to her as fair maid, that's probably the point where his eye is caught actually on the, on the physicality of uh, the character. And uh, Lucio, as you see with the 
uh, there's a three times there on his right hand side, is uh, always urging uh, Isabella on, it's like, do this, this is what you need to do, uh, you caught him now. So that uh, kind of involvement on, on uh, Lucio's part is very much like because he's in an audience position to this scene, is setting the key reaction to, of the audience, which we are somehow adopting, as um, uh, almost in a, in a bear-beating situation. So the, the situation becomes very ambiguous at that point because it started as a, a, a scene of justice, okay? We're, we're trying life and death and somebody pleading for their brother's life. And in the middle of it, because of the relationship to the space, we are, um, we're, it, be, it becomes like a bear-baiting scene. So for the audience, it's like, is it justice? Is it bear-baiting? Or is justice bear-baiting? You know, it's like, does justice depend on uh, bear-baiting? Like, uh, how much money do I bet on this sport, you know, for this particular outcome? How often does that happen? And what do I feel like? Um, Going further on, uh, Angelo's, uh, yeah, and because Angelo is probably um, upstage in this uh, proscenium setting, that goading of Isabella is not quite so obvious. It's weaker because it's a, more away from us, it's in the top right corner. And also, it's not on our side as, as an audience, it's on the other. So it's, uh, uh, the effect is uh, diffused in the uh, proscenium uh, setting. So um, the the, the, the um, final bit of the scene, again, Lucio is very active, Isabella is successfully wooing Angelo, but uh, in the last section, Angelo's remarks are nearly just repetitions of more and more and more. So the bear beating becomes even more violent. Now what we want is just, you know, go for the blood, kill him, <laughs> and, and uh, more, of, more of that. So um, what I'm suggesting is the uh, scene through the use of space and the dynamics, is casting a situation of, of uh, deciding somebody's life or death and justice, you know, as the, um, the, on the scales, and put into a very violent framework that the audience would be very familiar with, and we can also feel when we're doing the scene in the uh, uh, full light, because which you can go, go us into it, and um, the question is, finally, like, whose side are we on as audience? You know, do we want uh, Angelo to win? It's not likely. Do we want Isabella to win? We're not quite sure. Uh, so are we, on our, uh, are we on our own side? So if it was, if it was uh, a justice situation, you know, it's like, uh, what do, I, do I want my opinion to prevail? Is that justice? You know, is injustice something objective, or is it is justice what the what the crowd wants or what the crowd pays for? Uh, and then, rapidly, the situation as it uh, unfolds becomes one of really strong sexual overtones. Uh, not even overtones; it is becomes a sex scene between you know, Isabella and Angelo. So then, uh, the discomfort is intensifies. So, a scene of power that started as justice, it becomes bear-baiting, and then it becomes a, a sex scene. So power, bear-baiting, becomes sex. And then as um, Isabella exits, we are left with Angelo, 
and uh, he tells us he's the uh, person in, in supreme power, right? He tells, uh, tells us about his predicament, but is a person in the supreme power position with that predicament. So that's, that's the basic key. So we're coming back to power. So as an audience, we, we are uh, meant to be profoundly uh, disturbed in, uh, because of ourselves, you know, what, what we feel in relation uh, to this scene, because uh, these aspects of, of power and justice and a blood sport and sex and back to power are all blended together. And uh, that is the, that is the uh, violent discomfort I'm looking for when we produce this play. Thank you.